0: Ah, man, that scratches where I itch. <laughs> you know, we don't do this enough, you know? Just hanging out, being bros. Just the three of us. With a good fire, some cold ones, and telling stories. Ooh, looks like you're going dry there, dude. Uh, let me fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, here you go. Cheers, dudes. Mm. Hey, speaking of stories, that reminds me, uh, did I ever tell you about that one time I was camping with a few roadies from Jethro Tull in uh, 84? Or uh, maybe it was 85. Anywho, there I am in the middle of the woods with these blokes from Blackpool. (laughs) Hell, do Brits even camp? So anyway, we're out there in the pitch black With a fire going and everything. Passing around a bottle of Jim Beam. And this one dude, I I think they called him uh, Spoonie Bob. Don't ask me why. Anyway, Spoonie, who was about the size of an Alabama outhouse and uh, smelled about the same as one, pulls out a goddamn flute and starts to play the thing. Now, first off, a flute does not belong in rock and roll right i mean it sure as shit doesn't belong on a camping trip with a bunch of dudes anyway not only does spoony bob start playing this goddamn flute the dude can't play a lick i mean it sounds like somebody's choking a chicken right <laughs> i mean Spoony sucks so as i'm sitting there thinking there ain't enough Jim Beam in the world to get me through this shitty flute solo. When the, the other dude, named uh, Nigel or Niles or something fucking British as shit, he leans over and hands me the biggest spliff I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, this thing was almost as long as Spoonie's flute. Anyway, Nigel or Niles or whatever, he lights me up and all of a sudden, out of Absolutely nowhere. Uh, a- huh? Was what peanut butter? Th- uh, you mean the joint? Yeah. Well, uh, no. I mean, peanut butter flavored weed?
1: <laughs>
0: well, uh, yeah. Sh- sure, uh, peanut butter is yummy, I guess, but.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we,
0: we don't have any peanut butter, okay? So anyway, like I was saying, I, I blaze up this giant blunt when all of a sudden, right out of nowhere, this... No, we don't have any peanut butter, okay? I don't... I don't know why we don't have any peanut butter. I mean, I didn't bring any peanut butter, okay? Peanut butter on a camping trip? I mean, that's like Spoony Bob. Bringing his damn flute! You don't bring flutes or peanut butter on a damn camping trip. So, can I finish my story now, please?
1: <laughs>
0: no. Spoony Bob didn't have any peanut butter either. Just his stupid flute, which he was playing badly, and and so I. This
1: story sucks. Yeah, this story sucks. <laughs> No. Okay, 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 listen,
0: next time, next time, I'll bring peanut butter, okay?
1: Yeah, camping sucks. I hate camping. Yeah, me too. Camping, boo! And peanut yeah, finish me,
0: finish me, finish me, finish wonder if you actually can smoke peanut butter. Fuse box. Seven. Cod Swallow And you Are just making The whole thing
1: up Spinning it out of Whole cloth as they say Friends Oh hey oh wait I think you've got that uh, yarn Caught on your uh Oh this'll be good I like spinning my own yarn <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey
1: yeah, sorry about that guy. Hello, friends, and welcome into this, the 197th edition of Fusebox, inventively entitled "Cod Swallop. and uh, more on that in a bit. I'm your on loan from a competing podcast host, Mark Rose, and over there, hands flying in a. Blur across the buttons and dials and orbs and little floaty things is the Archbishop of the Bell Curve, Milk Canes,
0: everybody. Well, thank you kindly. Now, uh, that uh, title there that doesn't refer to abusing a fish
1: or. Z- oh, certainly not, Mr. Canes. We're uh, animal lovers around here, you know. You know that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, walloping a cod seems a little aggressive for you, so I I was just, you know,
1: checking, bro. Well, sir, you'll be no doubt relieved to know that this term actually refers to a ripping yarn, a fable, or a fanciful tale or story. How the
0: hell do you get
1: that from cods? Well, you know what? It's actually an interesting etymology. Um, one thought... Is that uh, it appears to have been cobbled from the word cod Meaning joke And uh, wallop Which is actually a very ancient slang term for beer So the two together meaning imitation beer loosely uh,
0: uh, uh, So they, so they uh, added that S to, to what? Make it uh, easier to say? You're
1: correct sir yeah, that's right, absolutely. Uh, oftentimes, that uh, S or a uh, similar uh, connective tissue thingy is uh, just added for the sake of uh, pronunciation. They actually have a term, yes, for that process, by the way. It's called an interconsonantal.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like interconsonantal ballistic missile.
1: I didn't see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> so... So uh, we're talking storytelling on this one friends And uh, later in this here very program I have a segment of uh, Spotlight on Film Which will regale you with a review Of a a brand new collection of international films That have all been bundled together uh, In a collection called All the Haunts Be Ours So uh, stick around for that
0: Yeah I'd have to say stories have been pretty thick lately like every damn one is another Paul Bunyan sized crock of shit.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We've seen some pretty crafty creative fiction in the last few years, that is for certain. And uh, not everything that we're going to be uh, yakking about on this program this time is from the crooked mouths of politicians.
0: Or judges.
1: Judges? Oh, <laughs> you, you mean Justice Alito? <laughs>
0: Sammy the Bull Alito. <laughs> You know, I think it was in his confirmation hearing that this guy was saying that Roe versus Wade was an important precedent of the Supreme Court. Hey, I'm no lawyer, but he's under oath here. And stating pretty damn clearly that, well, that Roe versus Wade thing's okay by him. Don't see any reason to revoke it.
1: Recall is a bitch, ain't it?
0: Yeah, so's perjury. I mean, really, man. I think there's a case here for not coming clean at this confirmation hearing about his feelings about this thing in the first place.
1: Point well taken, Mr. Keynes. You know, draft or no draft, this statement, this opinion, flies in the face of his uh, testimony during the confirmation hearings. Now, (laughs) had he actually been thinking, he would have billboarded his, quote, uh, change of heart... On the subject there, by uh, by saying just that, I've I, I've had an epiphany, and I can uh, no longer support this ruling. Da-da, there you go. Well,
0: according to his draft, he thinks Roe v. Wade was always wrong from the very start and should be overruled. Seems to kind of contradict his confirmation testimony.
1: Yeah, think. Creative storytelling with a side of perjury. I I I would really be interested to see how this plays out, but it's safe to assume that there will be uh, nothing forthcoming on this one.
0: Yeah, we're we're, we're kind of in that loop lately.
1: Well, there will be accountability, though. Well,
0: I'm keeping a light on for
1: it. Yeah, I, it's it's getting to be a cod walk-back season for sure, friends. The the, the recent uh, tape recordings concerning Senator Kevin McCarthy and others. That uh, have emerged from the shadows lately? Uh, yeah, These, all of them, they paint a very, very different picture than the one we've all been shown. I think this one has
0: more hair.
1: Yeah, and a much longer nose, it would appear.
0: I mean, you gotta imagine, all this stuff will catch up to them sooner or later,
1: right? Well, call me an optimist. But uh, I do believe that. And I'll tell you something else, too.
0: You have the floor. Uh, Thank you Maybe that chair, too
1: Well, now, this may not be as satisfying for uh, all of us onlookers But uh, you have gotta believe that everybody gets their slice of accountability pie in the end Now, we may not see it But I assure you, I assure you What goes around definitely comes around
0: Kind of like a virus
1: Or Aunt Martha's fruitcake
0: Yeah, that one that has the Danger Heavy Lifting sticker on it.
1: Yes. Well, let's just uh, take a short break here. And uh, when we return, we'll take a look at some uh, storytelling that will send a shiver or three down your spine. And there is something strange to be sorted out down there. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. Newsboxshow.com We are back, friends. And uh, since we're diving into this storytelling theme, kind of, sort of, I thought it might be interesting to share a few of these stories of um, bizarre beasties that have lingered in our nightmares from uh, all over this globe. All
0: righty, should I uh, maybe take a walk for a while?
1: Oh, oh, uh, oh I know. You, you're not the biggest fan of these type of stories, but no, I... No, no, I'm not. Well, well, look at it this way. These are just uh, curiosities, flights of fancy, inventions of whimsy, Mr. Keynes.
0: Yeah, says you, the guy with the creeptacular film collection.
1: True, but I think you will find these fascinating.
0: Fascinating? Like, watching knee surgery, or...?
1: Well, judge for yourself. (laughs) Our uh, first one comes from Tanzania, specifically the island of Pemba in the uh, Indian Ocean. Now, this critter is called the Popobawa, and uh, it's a shape-changer kind of thingy. Sometimes it can be a bat. Sometimes it takes human form. But uh, it seems to prefer to come out only at night, naturally. But uh, some say they have actually seen this thing during the day. Now, the uh, Popobawa batwing in Swahili is indiscriminate in its targets, but in a common retelling, the spirit seems to sexually assault men.
0: What? Oh, for the lover.
1: They make you feel a little squeamy in there, Mr. Keynes? Is that what's happening?
0: Well, how, I mean, how the hell does that work exactly?
1: Well, according to a BBC report on that very angle, uh, quoting from the report here, some men are staying awake or sleeping in groups outside their homes. Others are smearing themselves with pig oil, believing this repels attacks.
0: Well, unless you're maybe a female pig. <laughs> yeah,
1: I suppose. A, uh, a peasant farmer named uh, Miyaka Hamad claims that he was attacked by a Popobawa in 1997. He said... I couldn't see it. I could only feel it. But some people in my house could see it. Those who've got the spirits in their heads could see it. Everybody was terrified. They were outside, screaming, Hoyo! It means the Popobawa is there. I had this bad pain in my ribs where it crushed me. I don't believe in spirits, so maybe that's why it attacked me. Maybe it will attack anybody who doesn't believe. Ugh, fabulous. (laughs) Well, as long as you don't plan a lengthy retreat in Pemba, Mr. Keynes, you should be fine. The uh, Popobawa story is actually rather new, only dating back a few decades, um, apparently from a time of civil unrest following the uh, assassination of the country's president. The popular thinking goes that after a uh, Popobawa attack, Victims must spread the word to others on Pemba. Otherwise, they will continue to be visited by the Popo Bawa. Oh, now here, here is a delightful gem from Japan. This one has to do with a uh, school's bathroom, most specifically the girls' bathroom.
0: Well, you have my attention. (laughs)
1: Well, they say, if you go into the girls' bathroom on the third floor of the school building and then walk to the third stall, you might find her.
0: Who, the female gym instructor?
1: Uh, No, Mr. Keynes, no, no. But what you do have to do is knock three times and then call her name. When uh, you open the stall door, a little girl in a red skirt will be there. The little girl with the bob haircut is Hanako-san, and she wants friends to play with. Maybe. Or perhaps she wants to drag you to hell. Through the toilet. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Just when you thought it was safe to use the bathroom.
1: But was it ever... Really safe? Uh, Depending upon which part of Japan you live in uh, She might have a bloody hand and grab you or Be a lizard that devours you
0: Now of course, you know, my question is who in their right mind is gonna come calling on this gal? I mean, you gotta want this, right?
1: (laughs) I think for some it's just the allure of the danger that it yeah, it might pose, right? I'm I'm also sure that many folks who have tried this have really only, in the end, encountered Hiro cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> Hanako-san has become a fixture of Japanese urban folklore, apparently, over the last uh, 70 years or so. The most uh, popular origin story for the uh, tale holds that during World War II, a schoolgirl was using the bathroom when a bomb fell on top of the building. The school collapsed on top of hanako who has been trapped there ever since.
0: Oh, I get it. So it's our fault. <laughs> well...
1: I, I, I don't know, I don't. Uh, but, but, but wait, Mr. Keynes. Hanako isn't the only schoolgirl who haunts Japan's school bathrooms. Kashimi Reiko, another young girl, was said to have been cut in half by a train. Now, her disfigured spirit inhabits bathrooms, asking children who enter the stalls where her legs are. The legend goes that if uh, Kashimereko is not satisfied with their answer, she will rip their legs off.
0: Where do I get off this train?
1: <laughs> well, right here, probably. However... Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I mean... No, 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 not to worry. No, 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 we're going to leave this area for now to uh, feature uh, something else. Another wondrous item, a hefty item at that. For this edition of. And now, Spotlight on Film. Friends, a real treat here, and loaded to the gills with stories. The folks at Severin have released an epic tome of materials covering an area of storytelling that is uh, extremely uh, specific, to say the least. This collection is called All the Haunts Be Ours. It's a compendium of folk horror. And uh, this thing, this is a 19-film collection spread across 16 discs. Holy (laughs) crap. Yes, indeed, Mr. Cades. Uh, This is a a treasure trove of uh, rarely seen and almost, almost certainly forgotten films from all over the globe That focus primarily on uh, what is called uh, commonly folk horror.
0: So, like, are we doing a Halloween show in May? What's up with all this?
1: No, no, not really. It's just a coincidence. These things just kind of fit together, you know? Kismet, you might say.
0: Yeah, well, I might say I'm going to need a whiskey mug or three in my future.
1: (laughs) So, when the uh, term folk horror is mentioned, uh, the first thing you're probably going to think of is, like, uh, uh, Grimm's fairy tales or... uh, if you're a film buff from the silent era, Paul Wegner's Gollum or perhaps Christensen's Hoxon, something in that world. But uh, I assure you, these are films that are <laughs> considerably far afield of that standard path.
0: Is that path really standard? Well,
1: it is in context, Mr. Keynes. Carry on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one of the smartest moves in this collection was uh, to feature the Kier Lajanis uh, documentary, Woodland Dark and Days Bewitched, which is a three-hour excursion into this genre. And uh, many of the films referenced in this doc are included in the collection. And there are over 200 films mentioned in this documentary and scores of interviews with both uh, film historians and uh, filmmakers. It's a brilliant way to get you started on this adventure as uh, many of these films are virtually uh, unknown beyond their uh, countries of origin. Now, I, I, I got to hasten to add here too that although the running time of this, this doc seems to be like, you know, a huge time commitment, it flies by. In some cases, I found myself thinking while I was watching this thing, I want to know more about that one or, or maybe that one, you know, and, and in many cases... Uh, the film was uh, in the collection. So
0: do I need, like, to clear the calendar for a month to watch one of these
1: films? Well, the short answer is no. Most of the material uh, collected here is uh, a normal feature length, but many things in the collection are short films. Actually, in a number of cases, in the uh, extras of a certain film, you'll find a few of the filmmakers, you know, short films or perhaps uh, additional features about the film itself or related subject I mean, it's just crammed full of diversions here. Now, I can mention a few of the films in the collection, too. Um, Eyes of Fire, which uh, starts off on disc two, is an American uh, entry into this collection, and uh, evidently was uh, unavailable on home video for decades. And uh, the plot is basically that a rogue 18th-century preacher and his followers make their way downriver to establish a new settlement beyond the western frontier and encounter a uh, forest enchanted by strange spirits that will bring an apocalyptic madness upon them all.
0: Oh, that sounds cheery.
1: Yeah, it really is a fun ride. A bunch of extras on this one, too. Uh, some early films by the director Avery Kraunts and uh, an actual longer cut of the film that was later shelved for the uh, version uh, presented here. On disc three, Leptirica by Jordi Karajevic. He's from Serbia. Now, this is based loosely on a Milovan Glisic's classic from 1880. It's a uh, Serbian vampire story called After 90 Years. Now, the thing here is that this, this thing actually preceded Bram Stoker's Dracula by nearly two decades. Just saying. Uh... Jordy's adaptation is a uh, subversive and uh, darkly erotic take on uh, Gleeshik's pastoral tale. Um, and it centers around a group of rural villagers beset upon by the infamous vampire Sava Savanovic, who has taken up residence, by the way, in their local flour mill. The bunt cake of death. Well, some actually are quite inert. Immovable objects, really, you know? Um, other titles on here are uh, Vige, the classic Russian tale set in uh, 19th century Russia where a uh, seminary student is forced to spend three nights with a corpse of a beautiful young witch. <laughs> yeah, you can just figure that one out for yourself. A very rare Italian film, Il Demonio, that uh, the fans of early Italian gothics Are just going to jump up and down for The famous Czech film Witch Hammer Which is set in 17th century And revolves around a witch hunter And the horrors he visited On a small village in Lozny. It's been called an Eastern European counterpart to uh, the now infamous Michael Reeves, Witchfinder General—that's the one starring Vincent Price—for all those keeping score at home, and Michael Armstrong's Mark of the Devil. There is also this rather interesting entry from Canada, a 1991 entry called Clearcut. And here's here's how they describe the plot to this: A white lawyer arrives at a remote area in northern Ontario to defend indigenous activists who are blocking a logging company's clear-cut of old growth on their land. A pacifist by nature and perceiving himself as sympathetic to indigenous concerns, he finds his values shaken when he is paired with an angry, rogue, indigenous activist named Arthur. And he's played by Graham Greene here, so... You can kind of see where this is going. Anyway, so Arthur insists on kidnapping the head of the logging company to take him deep into the forest where he hopes to teach him the price of his destruction. <laughs> and the list goes on and on and on. And as I say, it's it's a hefty collection of material. You, you'll You'll be amused for... Months, it sounds like. A while. And yes, and but also, there is a 200- Page book that accompanies this tome and it's illustrated and uh, wonderfully written. Details even further the films in this collection here. So, a great addition to your library a, a home run for Severin and uh, well worth the time. All the haunts be ours from uh, Severin and a link to more information about this thing is in the show notes right uh, down there. And with that, over-bulging, bursting-at-the-seams offering, we'll uh, call it a show, friends, but not before thanking. Our contributors, friends, Carol Adams for Splendid Ideification and Aaron Lane for also Splendid Ideification and also Jeff Pollard for Splendid Announcification. Thanks as well to the maestro of the meters over there, Milt Keynes for technical assistance and so forth and so on and all that.
0: Pleasure as always and uh, folks, if it hasn't pinged your brain box yet, go ahead and subscribe to this here show and maybe leave a seven out of five star review or comment. That would really
1: be great. It surely would. And uh, speaking of comments, uh, please do that as uh, we're going to be posting some uh, Lucky folks' comments on the various social media out there. And uh, if we select yours, we'll give you a little something from the Fuse Box store. Mm hmm,
0: mm hmm. Just
1: the way we roll. It is indeed. It is indeed. I have been your hiding in plain sight, but only in a darkened room. Host, Mark Rowe, saying, until our next cartoon.
0: You.